Deuteronomy, the fifth book of the Bible, and one of the most difficult, if not the most boring. Or is it? Study with us on this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey everyone, my name is Justin Kim and you're watching on Inverse and you're on Inverse and you're listening to Inverse and you're with us in the Inverse studio. And I have my friends here, uh, Sebastian and Israel and Jonathan. <laughs> I was looking at Israel, but I was thinking, thinking of Sebastian. <laughs> and uh, we are embarking on a new series, on a new arc on the book of Deuteronomy. How many of you have started reading the Bible? You start in Genesis, you got these wonderful stories, you got Exodus, you know, some stories are in there. Leviticus is kind of getting a bit weird numbers, you're drudging through the wilderness, and you've landed in Deuteronomy, and it's super, super hard and slow and molasses-esque. Well, you've come to the right place. We're going to study in the next 13 weeks the book of Deuteronomy. So we want to encourage you to go to inversebible.org, and you can download our Bible study guide and study with us and have this wilderness experience together. So, hey, guys. Are you excited for this topic of, of, of inverse? Most definitely. I, absolutely. As you see, we have an all all male cast uh, this, this season. And uh, this we season, have. Just today. Oh, just today. Just yeah. today. Yeah, yeah, just today. Well, welcome back, Israel. Thank yeah, you. You were gone for a while. Yeah, and I was in the wilderness. You were in the wilderness. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good to have you. And uh, you haven't voted off the island. You're still on uh, the thank island. Thank you. Yeah, Appreciate it. Very good. So, Israel, can you pray for us? And uh, not just pray for this episode, but pray for the entire sure. season that we really uh, treat this book of Deuteronomy well. It's, it's a hard topic, but I think, like we have done in the past, if something is hard, we don't want to shy away from it. We kind of tackle it. And through the Holy Spirit and through prayer and through meditation, we can get some, some blessings. Mm -hmm. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we are about to embark on a journey with you through the book of Deuteronomy, and we pray that you would bless us, that you would give us insight, that you would be among uh, our conversation, and that you would teach us to be more like you and to love you more. Mm -hmm. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Sebastian, share with us, like, do you, any, you have any experiences with Deuteronomy? Have you had this kind of <laughs> existential crisis when you're actually reading through Deuteronomy? I know I have, and I shared a little, but have you, or <laughs> well, is this just a breeze for you? I wouldn't say it's a breeze, but I actually really enjoyed the book of Deuteronomy because I love history, mm. and it, it does a lot of recounting with actual lessons, right, mm -hmm. commenting on those stories. And also have found that Deuteronomy is really challenging with some mm -hmm. of the laws and you're trying to understand like why this is here. Mm -hmm. um, and I always like to embrace a, a biblical study challenge because mm -hmm. I feel like there's usually a hidden gem of truth there, mm -hmm. right, that you're just not seeing. Isn't it a little counterintuitive that, hey, I want to be more spiritual. I want to know more about God. Mm -hmm. And then, hey, let's read a book with laws in it. Mm -hmm. There's a little bit of, of a tension there. Disconnect. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. So we'll have to scratch a little bit at the surface and see what's deeper rather than just look at the laws for the, for the laws. Yeah, for me, actually, uh, reading the book of Deuteronomy, I always get a little emotional okay. uh, because it's like Moses' last profound sermon to his people, you know, and he's like pouring his heart out to them. Mm. And uh, I mean, it's history and it's a lot of loss and so on, but I think it's, I always try to imagine Moses giving these sermons mm -hmm. and he knows he's going to die. He's 120 years old, you know, and, and his people, he led them all these years. So I just, I, I always get a little emotional reading this okay, book. Yeah. Okay, so very good. So this season, you <laughs> want to zoom into Jonathan's eyes and to see if the you see that Austrian tear coming out from, yeah. his, from the <laughs> Uncle Moses. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, that being said, it is an emotional, emotional book, mm -hmm. not only for 
for, for Jonathan, but you also see that God is a very passionate mm-hmm. uh, entity, a passionate, the personality of passion comes out through here. Ironically, in the dryness of the laws. So yeah. let's get to it. Let's go to uh, Deuteronomy chapter one. And Jonathan, if you can start reading from verse 19, and yeah. uh, we can't read the whole chapter, but reading, start from verse 19, and we'll try to get the essence of right. chapter one. I'll try not to choke up, all right? <laughs> Please. <laughs> Thank you. Here we go, Deuteronomy 1, 19. So we departed from Horeb and went through all that great and terrible wilderness which you saw on the way to the mountains of the Amorites, as the Lord our God had commanded us. Then we came to Kadesh Barnea, and I said to you, you have come to the mountains of the Amorites, which the Lord our God is giving us. Look at the Lord your God has set the land before you. Go up and possess it as the Lord God of your fathers has spoken to you. Do not fear or be discouraged. And every one of you came near to me and said, let us send men before us and let them search out the land for us and bring back word to us of the way by which we should go up and of the cities into which we shall come. The plan pleased me well. So I took 12 of your men, one man from each tribe, and they departed and went up into the mountains and came to the valley of Eshkol and spied it out. They also took some of the fruit of the land in their hands and brought it down to us. And they brought back word to us saying, it is a good land which the Lord our God is giving us. Okay, let's stop there and uh, we'll switch to Sebastian. You can read verse 26 onwards, please. Nevertheless, you would not go up, but rebelled against the command of the Lord your God. And you complained in your tents and said, because the Lord hates us, he has brought us out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. Mm -hmm. Where can we go up? Our brethren have discouraged our hearts, saying the people are greater and taller than we. The cities are great and fortified up to heaven. Moreover, we have seen the sons of the Anakim there. Then I said to you, do not be terrified or afraid of them. The Lord your God, who goes before you, he will fight for you, according to all he did for you in Egypt before your eyes, and in the wilderness where you saw how the Lord your God carried you as a man carries his son, in all the way that you went until you came to this place. Yet, for all that, you did not believe the Lord your God, who went in the way before you to search out a place for you, to pitch your tents, to show you the way you should go, in the fire by night and in the cloud by day. Okay, almost up there. And hopefully you've been with us and you're reading the scripture with us. It's on the screen. We want to really encourage you to take out your Bibles, whether it's on your phone or actually book and read Deuteronomy with us. What's going on here in chapter one? Mm. Uh, it's a long section and it takes a little bit of, you've got to get into the narrative. What's happening, Israel? Mm-hmm. Well, he's recounting the story of Israel's relationship with God and he highlights different components of it. I think what's important to underscore in the beginning is the fact that um, God begins this journey by saying, don't fear or become discouraged. You know, you see that very early on in the conversation. Yes. He says, don't fear or become discouraged. And that seems to be kind of like a trend that God not only says to Israel, but he'll later on say to Joshua in, you know, when, when Joshua takes over the leadership of, of Moses, it's like, don't be afraid. In other words, regardless of the circumstances that are before you, regardless of how hard they seem, regardless of how discouraging they may be. Always remember, he's saying that beyond the discouragement, there is a promised land that I'm leading you to. And so God sets that foundation. I'm sending you to a better place. Mm-hmm. And then even though he had said that, even though he had, he from the very beginning told them, this is my goal for you. This is my journey. Israel looks at it and they say like, man, God hates us. Mm-hmm. You know, he led us out of the out of Egypt to, because he hates us and he wants to kill us. And then he says, no, no, no. Remember 
remember that God actually, he carried you. Don't forget, he carried you like a father carries his son. And, and, and he's kind of recounting the story of this back and forth relationship between God and Israel, with the, which is his child. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, we also, we can, in, in, in our day and age, we can easily cast judgment on them and say, ah, oh, how come they didn't get it? Ah, mm-hmm. oh, we are just more sophisticated and we're just yeah. a lot better. But their journey is a microcosm to to our experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And, and, and so how God dealt with them is exactly how God deals with us. So exactly. And when you look at the beginning of the chapter, right, where it says, you know, in verse two, it says it is 11 days journey mm. from Horeb by way of mm-hmm. Mount Seir to Kadesh Barnea. Mm. And then verse three says, now it came to pass in the 40th year. Yeah. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Right? So yeah. you're like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. 11 days journey, which he's like recounting, how did we go from an 11 days journey to become a 40 year mm-hmm. experience? Mm-hmm. And going back to Israel's point, you can understand why there might be discouragement. Mm-hmm. And as you said, right, our lives in so many ways, we can think about those moments where God is like, this is a very simple growth you know, in your personal spiritual life. Mm. It's an 11 days journey, but it's taken you 40 years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you can understand why God might be emotional or needing to recount these things to say, let's look back where you came from Mm -hmm. to see how we got Mm -hmm. here and how we ended up in this situation. Oh Lord, help me to learn the lessons that you may learn quickly. Right. (laughs) You know, uh, this whole thing happened on the backdrop of the Exodus, Mm. right? The people of Israel were called out of Egypt and God did incredible miracles. He opened the Red Sea, the, the, the plagues, all this supernatural stuff is taking place. Mm-hmm. And then the covenant experience at Mount Horeb and all these things. And, and then this journey of 40 years because mm-hmm. of their unbelief and their distrust. It, it is amazing to see that, as you said, it's, it's, a, it's a microcosm of our experience. Yeah. And, and how quickly we can forget. Mm-hmm. I think this is, all, this is a, you know, a big theme in the book as well, yes. to remember what God has done. Because we quickly forget the amazing thing that God does for us. I have often forgotten yeah. the many times where God has intervened in my life and done incredible things. And, and then I become discouraged and I focus on self instead of Him. And, and I start complaining. You know, it says here, in, um, where was it? In verse um, uh, 27. In verse. Yeah, verse in verse 27. Verse 27 and yeah. you complained in your tents, you know? Like, there... God's visible presence, the, 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 the cloud, you know, is right there leading them by day and the fire by night. And where are they? They're in their tents. Mm. They can't see the cloud because they just can just see their own little thing, their own and, little and world. And also they're not in complaining in front of the fire, right? right. So it's not like they're going to come to this pillar of fire and an obvious divine manifestation right. and start complaining. But when I get home to my tent, yeah. now I'm like, oh, it's All the, the grumbling comes us. out. Yeah. Yes. And think of how that influences your children's perception of mm. God mm. at mm-hmm. the same time. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's a, that's a deep point, Sebastian. There's many who are having disillusioned with church, yeah. church leadership, mm. religion, spirituality. Mm-hmm. Uh, rightfully so because of some abuses that are on the external, for yeah. sure. I mean, we, we got to admit and be real, that does occur. True. Mm-hmm. But there is also the, how parents react in the home to to these things that, that on, a, on a subconscious level, you do kind of absorb yeah. their mumbling and grumbling. So you see that in, in that generation. Period. Absolutely. At the same time, I want to I wanna play, you know, okay, I don't, I don't like the word devil's advocate, but I want to play the advocate of the Israelites for a second here. Mm-hmm. First, from a human perspective, they were tasked with an incredible task, like going to the Canaanites, there's these giants, there's all these, you know, fortified cities. Mm-hmm. From a human perspective, this, these people who were slaves for 400 years are now tasked mm-hmm. with being an army and doing all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, it, it can be a little bit overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I want to speak to that in our lives as well. Sometimes, and 
really, this is what God does. He always leads us into situations that are too big for us right. because he wants us to trust in him. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. here they were looking at the giants. They were looking at all this report about these massive cities and, and all this fortified stuff. And, and they're discouraged. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I want to say that I think this happens to us too. We are discouraged at times when, when God leads us to situations that are overwhelming. But he's, you know, through the book of Deuteronomy, trying to remind them, hey, look at me. I, I, yeah. can, I can do all things. Yeah. 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 But there's a powerful motif in being reminded of, yes. the remembering, the, the meditating on the past, or looking at how God has led in the past. I really appreciate that comment. Mm. Uh, but they forgot the Exodus event. Yeah. Right. They, they forgot the elimination of all the Egyptians. Mm. Uh, we want to say, if you've been discouraged Discouraged out there, and you're thinking, what's going on? Think of the past. And we go to inversebible.org. I know I already mentioned it, and get the Bible study guides and get a journal. And all of us here, we are we are advocates of journaling and write out your past experience. Record every single day and see how God has led you. And you'll see that there, there have been Exodus events. Mm-hmm. We forget them and we yeah. enter into Deuteronomy. We've got to take a break now. This is Inverse. I'm Justin Kim. Stay with us. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Too often we forget God's blessings, not in the small areas, but also in these big events. And this is what's happening in the book of Deuteronomy. Uh, Israel, share with us, what, what is the motif that we see here in chapter 1? Jonathan was talking about how you choke up because this is Moses' last you know, message and stuff. For me, I, I constantly see my own life in the life of of Israel, mm-hmm. you know, because my name is Israel. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, we'll see what you did. <laughs> I think it's important for us to underscore that when we're talking about forgetting, yeah. it's not talking about cognitively forgetting. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. But it's talking about the deliberate choice that we make to ignore mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. fact that God has led us in the past. Mm-hmm. I remember um, a few months ago, it was we, we celebrate Mother's Day here in the United States, and w- we woke up in the morning. We were getting ready to have a Mother's Day dinner for or breakfast for my mom and for Judy. And we went shopping to go get the, the, the groceries. We came back home and we have an old cat. This cat is ancient, probably as old as Moses himself, you know, 120 <laughs> years old. And we were looking for him because we have to give him medication. Couldn't find the cat, couldn't find the cat, couldn't find the cat. Started looking at all the places under the bed, all these other places. Now, what, what everybody needs to understand is the fact that I often joke with my wife that it's better to be an animal in the house than it is to be a human being. Mm. And if we're ever having an argument, I just, I start meowing to see if maybe she'll have more mercy. <laughs> passion, yeah, 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 some passion, right? And, and so, uh, so she, ladies and gentlemen, she, you heard that. If you have any marital issues, start meowing to yeah. your spouse and call, for, call for compassion. Okay. She loves a cat. It's like the, the greatest gift I ever gave her, she mm. says. And mm. so wow. the cat was missing. And it just, it, it dawned on me that the night before we had uh, a gathering at our house and someone might have left the door open and the cat got out. Mm. And this is, you know, the cat is old, the cat is deaf, I mean, cannot defend himself. Mm. And, and, and I thought to myself, for sure, the cat is dead. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, everything just, the mood just shuts down in the house. So we're looking for the cat. I'm looking for the cat just out of an expression of sadness and support for my wife, because I know the, the cat is dead. 
And, <laughs> and in my mind, I just get this intense anger with God. You know, I'm like, out of all the days that you could have killed a cat, why Mother's Day, <laughs> you know? And, and why in this kind of way? Like, why couldn't he die of old age? Why couldn't, you know, he die on Father's Day? I mean, why does it have to be Mother's Day, right? Mm. And, and God, he speaks to me and he says, just calm down, you know, like, I got this under control. And, and my response was really like this, you know, like just in fury, like you hate me, you know, you don't care about me, you, mm. you know, you just look at what you're doing, you're, you've lost control of life. And I'm having this <laughs> impassioned anger conversation with God yeah. as I'm searching for this cat. I have the boys looking for the cat all over our seven acre property. And then I go to the neighbor and I'm starting to show the pictures, you know, to the neighbors. Have you, if you see this cat, he probably couldn't make it this far because it's way too long of a journey, but <laughs> go to the next door neighbor, same thing. After I reach the second neighbor, I come, I come back home, and we've been searching for hours, and my wife is holding the cat in oh. her arms. Mm. And right when I saw that, God said to me, Happy Mother's Day. Yeah, Happy Mother's Day. Yeah. <laughs> I was, first of all, Happy Mother's Day. But the thought that came <laughs> to my mind was, if you didn't lose the cat, you would never talk to your neighbors. You know, mm -hmm. and how many years have I been telling you, go talk to your neighbors, be kind to your neighbors, mm -hmm. show, you know, goodness to your neighbors. And you don't even talk, you haven't even met your neighbors. They've been living there for like three years. Mm -hmm. And I, 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 I can relate to this because every time something bad happens to me, I begin to imagine the worst. And God says, look, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. And I'm like, no, 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 you hate me. You know, he's like, I've led you. I've led you like a child. No, you led me out here to mm -hmm. kill me. And this mm -hmm. experience that the Israelites have, even though. By the way, God has, has worked with my cat in the past. You know, we almost didn't get married because we lost the cat. We found the cat, right, <laughs> when he was a baby. So from the this beginning is, of his life wow. to the end of his life, this cat has taught me stories from the book of, De you know. I think you should write a book. I, on cats and Deuteronomy. And so the, the experience that the Israelites have is often the experience that we mm. have in our lives, whether we're baby Christians or whether we're ancient Christians. Mm. And that's what I appreciate about the story that Moses reminds us of how God has led us in the past over and over. And our, the, the track record that we have is that we constantly fail him. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, my takeaway from this chapter and from what I'm getting from your story is there's a, just a, there's a lot of emotion here, mm -hmm. not just from on Jonathan's end, <laughs> but also from, from God's end. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of fear from the Israelites. And it's a sticky... Uh, if not kind of, I mean, it's, it's, it's an organic relationship, mm. right? Yes, and it's got its highs and downs, highs and ups and downs. And it's, it's, it's kind of not clean and clear mm -hmm. and it's, it's real. Yeah. And that's expected, right? Because in a relationship with God, we typically don't attribute to him to have any freedom, yeah. right? We just assume God is sort of this like nature driven entity that just does what he has to do because he has to do it. He can't help himself versus like God is moved, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. By our behavior, our actions affect him, mm -hmm. yeah. right? In, in some sort of limited sense, of course, right? We're not saying that God gets in his feelings, right? Or that he's moody, yeah. but at the same token, he is emotionally responding to the behavior of his people. He's yes. an emotive being. Yes. And I think that's a presupposition that many people don't have. Correct. Right? They either want God's power mm -hmm. as this super impersonal entity. Hey, I'm going through some hard stuff right now. Just give me an answer mm. or your power or snap your fingers and make it go away. Just yep. have my cat appear right now. Correct. Right? Yeah. They just want the attributes of God rather than this relational. Because the relational, it's... 
it requires energy. It requires input and time and, yes. and output. And it's 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 there's some because you know burden to it, if if you will. Justin, this kind of reminds me of you know I came home one day for lunch, right? And I was thinking like oh, I'm gonna surprise my wife and my kids. I'm gonna come home for lunch and have lunch with them. And I walk into the house and I hear screaming. Right, and I'm like, what the? Right? So you're like, I'm over for lunch. And usually my kids run to the door like, Papa, right? They're like all over me. And I walk in, I hear screaming, and I come to find out there's like this big spider that came in the house and it's coming down from the ceiling over the table, right, as I'm walking in. And so the kids come running out of the kitchen screaming, Candace is screaming, uh, my wife, and then just like, babe, you need to kill this spider, right? You gotta kill this thing. So all of a sudden, there's this recognition of this expectation, right, that my wife has of me in that situation. Mm-hmm. But of course it takes time, right, for me to take off my shoe, do all this stuff to try to catch the spider. I'm like swinging at this thing and like I hit the, the <laughs> web and the spider goes flying across the kitchen. Can you use a visual? How big is a spider? Is it like a tarantula or like it's a daddy long It's about the size leg. of the inside of my hand. Oh, nah, no. Yeah. In yeah. your house? In my house. In North Carolina? Do you in live North- like in Australia? Like what in the world? There's a big creek in backwoods behind our house. So sometimes we get some crazy spiders taking a picture because we don't believe it it's yellow and black the belly is yellow and black (laughs) out there so it it um so as i hit this thing across the the room right of course i'm like freaking out and thinking like oh dude i don't know if i can find this thing on the counter and so at this point in time my wife is like kill it kill it right she's just like kill the spider she's just repeating this over and over and you're like i'm trying to kill the spider and in some ways, I feel like we do that with God. It's like this relationship where he's, he's trying to use his own will, his own ability, his own wisdom to mm-hmm. accomplish what he wants to do for you, mm-hmm. right? But that time, that gap between when I demand it and when he brings it to pass is what creates that sort of tension in the relationship, mm. right? It's like, yeah, I'm yeah. going to conquer the, the giants. I'm going to get rid of the fortified cities, but give me time, right? Mm-hmm. But we're just like, kill them, kill the giants, right? Kill the walls, yeah. give me the promised land. And it's like, give me time. Mm-hmm. to actually work it out and trust me that I'm going to actually... Yeah. That time is another ingredient, if not the most crucial ingredient for the development of a relationship. Yes. That yeah. sounds so cliche in Christianity, but when you look at all the other world religions, they don't have a relational element. The Judeo-Christian God is a relational God mm-hmm. with emotions, with understanding, a person to person. Others emphasize his power or his sovereignty or his will or his knowledge on an intellectual mm-hmm. level or on a mm-hmm. philosophical level, but it requires time. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. What's, what's so beautiful is that in this relationship, and this is how relationships work, uh, you know, with God and between human beings as well, so there's, there's grace. Mm. We saw grace at the Exodus. Yes, God, yes. You know, they were not worthy or anything like that in the sense of like that they had anything to, pro- to say, hey, God, you know, we'll give you this if you do this. God said, I'm going to take you out of Egypt. Mm-hmm. He let them out. They, they established the covenant. They broke the covenant. And then I love here in verse um, 31, it says, And in the wilderness where you saw how the Lord your God carried you as a man carries his son in all the way that you were until you came mm-hmm. to this place. So we see that even in after they broke covenant, even after they um, destroyed this relationship, God was willing to carry them as he carried his own son. Now, how, when do you carry your own son? When, you know, when he's helpless and, and small and, and can't do anything for himself. But God is doing this after they broke the covenant with him. Mm-hmm. So this shows that God is merciful and gracious. Even in this chapter of, you know, there's a lot of judgment going on here. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But God still 
you know, brings grace into everything he does. Yes. And he's willing to work. He's willing to spend time, process uh, with them as they walk through 40 years because he yeah. knew he needed that. He yeah, needed to be consistent with them. Yeah. yeah, right. yeah it's just a, so I, I just I love the fact that God is so gracious yes. and that the relationship that is being described here is a relationship like a father to his son. Mm -hmm. and what's, um, what, what's cool about that picture of the father carrying the son is that mm -hmm. in most, it's very likely that fathers had to carry their children through the wilderness. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And and if you think about, it's not, we, we think about this mm -hmm. romantically, like, oh, the strong father, right? I've had to carry my son through the desert. And, and I remember having to carry, not, not a baby son, but, a, a, you know, I forgot how old he was, maybe seven years old or something like that. And, and in the middle of a, of a sandstorm, it was not a pleasant experience. In the experience. middle of a sandstorm. Yeah. In the middle, it was crazy. I mean, I was so mad, right? It was a crazy experience. <laughs> and I'm carrying my son. We're barefoot and, and all this, you know, sand is coming. It was a tiring experience. And God is saying, like, look, something needs to happen in order for you to get to that point. Mm -hmm. And that is the element of selflessness mm -hmm. where you value because my son could walk I could say look you're old enough to walk it's gonna be painful it's gonna be horrible but you can I know you can do it right. you're not gonna die I'm not gonna let you die here but carrying someone is a sign of compassion and it's also a sign of selflessness and God is kind of bringing back like as you even though you're a sinful father carried mm -hmm. your child I the infinite God of the universe came down in your experience and I carried you mm. because I am selfless. That's right. And that's also an important picture. And we talk about the emotions of God, but whenever we do this, we all, we tend to eliminate the experience of the Israelites, right? Mm. How horrible they were. Mm. And then right. we just isolate God. Look at God is so emotional, but we forget to, to yeah, what they did to make him mm -hmm. uh, upset mm -hmm. or make him. Mm -hmm. Good point. No, chapter one, the tone definitely to me sounds very much like. Uh, well, let me let me say this: what God remembers is often different from what we remember mm. too. Yeah. That, that's true. That's, uh, his true. timeline of the, of the history is is very different from a, a timeline of, of human uh, history. Yeah. And uh, the tone, it seems like that is is almost he has a his a, a broken heart. Like mm -hmm. I did all this for you, yet you did that, and I did all, and yet you didn't believe. I didn't, mm -hmm. and nevertheless, you still. A, kind of almost yep. like a breakup letter, but he doesn't break up. That's in right. And I appreciate that, 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 that word of grace. We hope this uh, conversation has been a blessing to you. We've just begun this discussion on Deuteronomy. Again, you want to go to inversebible.org, go to our social media channels, go to hopetv.org slash inverse for our past episodes on different topics. But we want you to join us on this wilderness journey in the book of Deuteronomy. And we don't want to miss up... Uh, uh, miss the opportunity we don't want to mess up and miss the opportunity of receiving god's grace in this book of laws so god bless you we'll see you next week here on inverse
You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.